Welcome to Australian Hiker. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 52 of the Australian Hiker podcast. Today's episode is titled The Kangaroo Island Wilderness Trail, Interviews from the Trail. This episode consists of a series of four interviews that we had recorded on our recent Kangaroo Island Wilderness Trail walk. The first episode is with Alison from South Australian Parks, and she'll be discussing the challenges of the trail, as well as providing a bit of an overview of and the history of the trail. Our second interview will be with Mark from the Western KI Caravan Park and Wildlife Reserve, and he'll be discussing some of the services that are on offer for uh, hikers wanting to, or wanting to undertake this trail. The final two interviews will be with hikers that we recorded uh, while we're on the trail itself, just to provide a bit of an overview and a bit of a different perspective um, from different hikers uh, about what the trail is like. We hope you enjoy. Okay, um, it's Thursday afternoon. We're here at Banksia Campground. Uh, I'm here with Alison Buck, who's the manager of the Kangaroo Island Wilderness Trail. And Alison's uh, kindly um, uh, uh, given her time to come out and talk to us about the trail uh, and answer a few questions for us. So thank you very much, Alison. Thank you. Okay, firstly, um, how long have you been working for in Parks South Australia? Has it been a few years? or I've worked for Parks for about 21 years. Okay, and is it, uh, has it most of that been on Kangaroo Island? or all, is... all that time on Kangaroo Island. So I've spent time here at Flinders Chase and at Seal Bay and then working with the lighthouse sites at Cape Border and Cape Willoughby and with Kelly Hill Caves. So are you, you considered local or not quite yet? Just about. <laughs> It's usually the way in smaller smaller country country centres, isn't it? Well, I married a local farmer, so that's fine. Local by marriage. Local by marriage. Okay. Well, you have answered my second question about working in Flinders Chase as well. Okay, so now what does your role entail? So my role is um, supporting and managing the Kangaroo Island Wilderness Trail, and that's involved, you know, everything from the basics with finance, but it's trail maintenance, it's making sure that that our marketing is right, that our information, pre-visit information, um, matches the expectations when people get here, and all the things that happen in between. All right. Um, now, can you give us a bit of a history of the trail? I believe it's, it hasn't been open that long in its current form, or is it? Has it? Did it exist before uh, it it was officially opened? Or so the the Kangaroo Island Wilderness Trail, what you see or what you're doing now, was opened in the first of October 2016. Prior to that, um, some of the sections you've been able to walk as public walks, so the first day and the last day, and then before that, also we've had coastal trekking which is basically nothing, no facilities. You set off with your compass and your map and and you do your own thing all the way along. So it's a totally different experience from what it has been in the past. And how long did it take to build the, build the trail? It's taken about three years, um, plus then years of planning 
in advance of that. So trying to lay a trail through an area that was burnt in 2007 has been quite a challenge because, as you'll notice, there's lots of trees. Um, the mallees, especially once they've burnt, they lay down uh, on an angle at 45 degrees. So pushing us through and finding a trail alignment has been quite a challenge for those guys. I must admit that's something that I did notice about um, at the last couple of campsites in this one. I, I think out of all the trails that I've done around Australia, this one seems to, I suppose my, my impression is it's probably been built by someone who's actually done some hiking. The fact, <laughs> the fact that uh, the kitchen area, the toilet area and the campgrounds are all separate to each other, not not on top of each other. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, if people want to talk in the kitchen late into the night, they're not going to bother people. Uh, the toilets are a separate area as well. So I think it's, it's really well laid out in that respect. Thank you. The guy- put a lot of effort into the planning and and trying to get things right. Well, that's good. Okay, now uh, given that the trail is only fairly new, uh, how many tri- how many uh, hikers do you think uh, or have you had in the last uh, in the first twelve months, or do you average on an, on an annual basis? So we've had twenty three hundred hikers, so that would be in fifteen months. And forward bookings, there's about nine hundred bookings. Um, Excuse me, we take bookings for about 12 months in advance. I noticed looking at the, the website, I think the current cost to do the trail is about $141, I think. $161. $161, yep. and then I think it goes up a few dollars every six to eight months, it appears. Yes, as a government um, entity, we go up by CPI. It's a, it's a legal requirement each year. That's right. I mean, it's only a few dollars each year. Yeah, you know, so every it's about percent No, that's right. It's... Uh, it's, and again, it's it's cheap when you compare it to things like, say, the the three Capes Walk in Tasmania or mm-hmm. the Overland Track. So it's, I think it's still pretty good value for for that sort of pricing. Now, is there a best time to walk the trail, and if so, why? Well, we suggest from March to November, so that you're avoiding the really hot time of the year, um, because it's difficult to carry enough water during the day, um, as on top of all the other things. But I, I love the trail. There's different, each time of the year, it's a different experience. So if you're walking in water in winter, sorry, you get the, the winter orchids, those early wildflowers, you get lots of wildlife, you get the spectacular sea, you know, the spray and the, and the rainbows and, and all that sort of stuff. And you can always dress up to be warm when you're walking. And then if you walk then into spring, well, then you get the, the big flush of wildflowers and orchids and and things like that. There's wildlife all year round. Uh, but in the hot weather, you don't see them quite so much unless you're early morning riser like you guys are and you've been out in the trail early. Um, I noticed up and uh, through a lot of the toilets and the kitchen areas, there's all the warning signs about feeding the wildlife and encouraging the wildlife. Has it been an issue at all or is it more just a precaution? It's probably just a precaution. We've had issues in in previous campsites. We haven't had issues in the Wilderness Trail and I guess that was trying to get that message out there before it became an issue. But I think people who do the Wilderness Trail and do those sorts of walks a little bit more tuned into nature and what they should and shouldn't do anyhow. All right. Yeah, I must admit that the the, the signage in, in whatever form seems to be common on a lot of the bigger trails where people are, just, mm. are discouraged from, from feeding the wildlife, and it's certainly understandable. Um, from your perspective, what are the highlights of the trail? I love the trail. So... Um, <laughs> 
highlights the, the the change in scenery. So when you're walking along the trail, you never know what you're going to see. So there's always a corner ahead and you come around the corner and there's wildlife, there's fungi, there's, there's plants, there's a spectacular scenery, um, there's tracks on the trail. You never know what you're going to find on the trail. Um, so you get that coastal side, you get the chance to walk in amongst the different vegetation. There's such a huge biodiversity, a range of vegetation because of the different soil types and coastal aspect and so on. So there's always something different happening. All right. Now, what, uh, from your perspective, what can walkers do to, to better prepare themselves for this walk? Be fit. Um, I think the main thing is to be used to carrying a backpack because if you're not used to carrying a backpack and the weight, then you shy away from carrying the extra weight with water. And so the issue then is people get dehydrated on the trail, which means they don't enjoy it and then they, they come off. So being fit and being prepared, having the right sort of equipment, being self-contained, um, having that sense of adventure and being prepared to take the time to slow down and just enjoy, relax, be away from away from the internet and your phone and things like that. That's a hard thing sometimes. <laughs> okay. Um, now, from a management perspective, uh, what are the challenges that the, the trail actually present um, that you've found since it's been open? The trail um, <clears throat> goes from Conservation Park, National Park and through Wilderness Protection Area. So it's maintaining the um, the naturalness of, and the biodiversity. So maintaining and protecting the threatened species, um, the plants and the birds and the animals that live here. And um, it's got to be sustainable so that the trail surface doesn't require lots of work, that it, that it sheds the water, that it... Um, that it's it doesn't erode and all those sorts of things. So it needs to be sustainable, protect the environment, um, low maintenance. It's really hard to send a crew out over 13 k's um, where there's no access in the middle to get out and do things. So it has to be able to be self-sustaining. All right. Um, and what message would you like to pass on to walkers to help them to preserve the trail? Stay on the tracks. Um, Take your time and just relax and enjoy it. And remember, no trace. So whatever you bring in, take out. No, that's fair enough. Now, as, uh, just to finish off, is there anything that you'd like to pass on about the trail to either encourage people to do the trail or that you'd like to have a, a final say that I, that I should have asked you? Um, <clears throat> the, trail, the trail is suitable for anybody who can walk that distance because there's so many different options so you can do the the walk five days camp four nights carry everything be totally self-contained but you've got the option of someone um picking up your luggage and dropping it off and picking it up each night you've got the option of of actually not camping and being picked up each day taken to alternative accommodation where you can have a hot shower and a cold drink and pack your lunch and so just carry a day pack or you can walk with a guide. So it's it's an easy trail for anyone to walk who's got that reasonable level of fitness. You don't have to have the shoulder strength to carry all the backpacks. And it's a fantastic experience. It's a wild environment and there's so much to see and, and enjoy on the trail. 
All right. So thank you very much for that. So we've been talking to Alison from um, uh, Park South Australia, uh, manager of the Kangaroo Island Wilderness Trail. That's a bit of a mouthful of a title. Um, so hopefully that's been useful and uh, it'll encourage people to get out there and, and give the trail a walk. Um, as usual, we'll be doing a full write-up uh, of this trail in the next uh, next few weeks, uh, including these podcasts, and hopefully it'll give you a bit of a background on what the trail's like. Thanks very much. I think it's pretty obvious from that uh, that interview that we did with Alison that uh, she's very passionate about uh, the Kangaroo Island Wilderness Trail, and having worked in uh, in Kangaroo Island for for many years, um, it's uh, it, you can tell she really really believes in what she's doing. And I think while this is this is pretty obvious for most rangers and most people who work in these trail on these trails around Australia, I think Alison um, is probably more enthusiastic about the Kangaroo Island Wilderness Trail than most people that I've come across uh, that work in those sort of park areas. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, she clearly has made Kangaroo Island her home, and um, you know is uh, very proud of what they've created and um you know i think the thing that stood out for me is that the the trail and the amenities along the trail and the uh just just when Alison was talking about yeah uh, you know a meandering path and you know something behind every turn and and uh, really want to um sort of influence the experience uh, that you'll have when you're on the trail. All of that says that, you know, they've put in a lot of effort to really think through um, what they could do to make it a really great experience. And it is, and it's just a, a lovely trail to walk on and to be part of. And, uh, you know, it helps when you've got that fantastic landscape um, and, uh, you know, wildlife who are not, yet aware of uh, people and, um, you know, don't come generally seeking food or other things. So they're just there and they're getting, getting on with their business. Um, it does make it a really enjoyable experience. Okay, our next interview is going to be with Mark from the Western Kangaroo Island Caravan Park and Wildlife Reserve. And as mentioned in the introduction, Mark provides a number of services to on-trail hikers. Uh, that means you don't just have to do the traditional carry your full pack option. Uh, there, there are a number of options. Uh, and that, and this certainly makes this trail much easier uh, or much much more versatile, particularly if you are a non a non hiker. All right. Good afternoon. It's day three. We're actually at Banksia Campground. I'm here talking to Mark from Western Ki Caravan Park and Wildlife Reserve. Wildlife Reserve. And Mark uh, offers a service for campers or for hikers that uh, makes the trail a bit easier. So I'll let Mark explain to that. Uh, welcome, Mark. Thanks, Tim, uh, and it's good to talk to you. Our service uh, is basically uh, around supporting people to undertake the trail who otherwise may not be able to do it. So for those who, who would like to trek and camp on the, site, on the trail, uh, we offer the service of transporting their packs between campsites. This enables them to walk with a day pack, knowing that their pack will be at the next campsite waiting for them when they get there. And so that's helped a number of people, uh, older people, younger people, who can still walk but don't want to 
Can't carry the big heavy pack. And I'm out of the uh, the seven hikers that started the the trip with us uh, um, when we started, or seven in total, including us. That when we started, uh, there was uh, four of us that are carrying packs, and the, the rest are uh, are using Mark service and just getting their their full packs and their tents and everything else dropped off at the end of the day. Um, so, when do you, what do you find to be the most popular time of the year for people to do the track? Uh, in the 15 months the trail's been in operation, the the most common time is in the spring and the autumn uh, coming out of out of winter with the wildflowers in the park the park's magnificent uh, color people enjoy that the weather's usually fine and in the autumn we have great weather here on kangaroo island throughout the autumn and it's a great time to uh, undertake the trail winter time is is okay can be a little bit cold and damp at times uh, and the summer can be quite hot uh, as you've probably <laughs> found out over the last day or so. Yeah, no, we certainly have. We've been getting some early starts and arriving into camp uh, you know, around the middle of the day, which is a good way to go, I think, yeah. uh, avoid the heat. Yeah, some of our other services uh, are around day walkers who, who can't camp, don't want to camp, pass camping. Uh, they'd prefer to stay with us uh, and we run them in and out each day. So the winter time's good for them because they're not, if they get wet during the day, they can get warm up at night and uh, back in, uh, in our cabins. But for those of you who want to uh, undertake all of the trail in the traditional way, perhaps uh, for carrying the pack is a, is a way to get you through. And I think that's the thing that surprised me with this trail. Most of the, the longer trails that are sort of the, the 50, 60, 70 kilometre plus really don't tend to offer this sort of service. And I think um, for people that are, uh, uh, aren't are really sure, so like Kelly who's travelling with us, uh, with Jill and I, uh, she wasn't too sure whether she was able to carry a full pack. Um, and um, it's certainly a, it's a, it's a good way, particularly if you're first starting out and you're, you're transitioning to the multi-day hikes, just to see how it goes, whether you can walk the distance uh, and then maybe you look at uh, carrying the packs you know, on, on, a, on a next trip or a longer trip for, further down. Yeah, this trail is, um, it has some challenging aspects to it, you're walking on the beach, walking on rough limestone. Um, you know, if you're a bit apprehensive about carrying the pack, then it, it, it allows you to undertake those sections knowing that you're going to get to the other end and uh, and your pack will be there. So you don't have to carry that heavy weight right through those tough patches, you know. No, it's good. I think it's it's certainly a good uh, a good service and I think it, it, anything to encourage more people out, out into hiking is, is a good way to go. Yeah, some, um, you know, already we've seen a lot of, lot of people come through the trail in the first 12 months. We expect more in the next 12 months. And I think, uh, you know, once they realize that there are some of these support services around the trail, they'll, uh, they'll feel that they'll be more confident in, in undertaking the five days. All right. Now, if, if there's just as one final thing, if there's, if there's anything you'd like to, to say to encourage people to come and do the trail or to come and spend time on Kangaroo Island? Um, look, give us a call at the Western KI Caravan Park. We can talk you through most aspects of, of the trail and the support services um, and what Kangaroo Island in general has to offer so that you can come over here, you can do five days on the trail, perhaps another couple overlooking at some of the other sites around the island, and you'll go home uh, having a really thorough thoroughly enjoyable week okay thanks for that mark much appreciated now the uh, i'll go through and put the details uh to, for how to contact the western ki caravan park in both the the write-up on this trip as well as the show notes uh and that way you can contact mark uh, directly and find out uh, about the services that he has to offer okay thanks very much bye 
Okay, that's a, an interesting interview uh, we did with Mark just there. I think like unlike a number of other longer trails that we've done, things like um, the Lara Pinta Trail or the, the Overland Track, there seem to be much more options as far as how you do this trail. Uh, so certainly, you know, you've got the choice that, like Jill and I did, of carrying the full packs and all our equipment and all our food for the entire trip. You have the option, as Mark said, of undertaking uh, carrying just a day pack uh, and having your main pack drop off to the caravan uh, or the campsite each night. You can also do the next step by walking with a day pack and getting picked up at the end of the day and dropped off at the start of each day. So you're staying at accommodation rather than on the trail. And then down to a fully guided experience where you're going along with guides. So there's not just one option. It really is a a choose-your-own-adventure. And I think more so than most of the other trails in Australia. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And uh, we certainly did encounter um, people in all of those categories that had taken up all of those options. Uh, The one thing, though, um, and we talk to um, Alison and Mark about this it's it's a little bit difficult to find out this information for for us uh, when we booked uh, we weren't aware that these services were available um, the only reason that uh, we discovered them was uh, Kelly had some issues uh, which meant she wasn't going to be able to carry a full pack so she went looking um, and it did take her a bit of effort to um find other services that that would support her um and we will definitely put those uh links on the website um but definitely you know if you can imagine a way of doing this then you'll find somebody who'll be able to support you i think that's kind of the short version okay and next two interviews are with hikers who are undertaking the trail one of them was is with kelly who was actually traveling with us uh, and another one is an independent hiker who is travelling by themselves. So on the day that we started our trip, in total, including the, our party of three, there were seven hikers on the trail. One actually stopped after the first day through um, not being very well and not being able to continue on. The other two were a pair of German hikers who decided to press ahead and not do any of the side trips and do um, two days at once. So they finished the trip much quicker than, uh, than what we uh, or a day ahead of us. Now, the two two hikers we're about to hear from, they both took up the option of not carrying a full hiking pack, but just carrying a day pack. So this will give you an idea of of what that experience meant for them. Uh, And certainly for both of them, for for both Kelly and for Heather, who you'll hear from next, um, it allowed them to try something that they'd never done before because neither of them had done multi-day hikes um, uh, as, as, as walking hikes. Uh, and this was a, a way of easing them into this process just to see what it's like. So we hope this pro- provides a bit of an alternate view from ours uh, as carrying our own full packs. Okay, so it's uh, day three. We're at the Banksia campground. Uh, it's We've just had lunch, and um, I'm here talking to Heather, who's in the, one of the hikers that started the same day on the Kangaroo Island Wilderness Trail that we did. So if you'd just like to introduce yourself, Heather, and just tell us how old you are. Uh, I'm Heather. I'm 28. All right. And where are you from, Heather? Um, I'm originally from Adelaide, but living in Melbourne. All right. And why did you decide to do the Kangaroo Island Wilderness Trail? Well, um, 
I had uh, a bit of gifted leave between Christmas and New Year, to be honest, and uh, wanted to spend some time in uh, in nature um, and coming over to Adelaide to see the family over Christmas. I thought, hey, um, might give this a go. And I know that KI is a bit cooler over summer than um, the mainland, so I thought might might get lucky uh, and, and get some decent weather and been very lucky uh, as it happens so yeah all right and uh, now you're you're one of the hikers that are uh, are getting their gear dropped off and um uh, and you're walking with the day pack mm. what made you decide to do that um well i don't have the right gear for you know carrying it all myself um and i think this tr- this has been a bit of a gateway drug if you will for the <laughs> For hiking, generally, I'll probably invest in some decent gear so I can do do it all myself. I think it would feel um, like more of an achievement to do it all yourself. Um, but I think sort of building your way up to it is 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 the right way to go. And I sort of thought this might be a good opportunity to try out multi day hiking. Um, I've done a hell of a lot of single day hikes, but. Um, you know, get get started somewhere and go from there pretty much because it's quite expensive to get everything set up to begin with. Um, so, you know, kind of want to know that you're um, – that you, you are going to use the stuff and have some trips planned out that, well, you can't do pack transfer or, um, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And you were saying when I was talking to you earlier this morning, most of your camping has been done with uh, on bike before? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mostly bicycle camping, just with the the panniers and um, and straps, and um, head out to French Island um, in Port Phillip Bay quite a bit. There's amazing bird watching there, and really nice day hikes to do. And um, yeah, so mostly just uh, cycle camping, which is great. But you don't you don't have to worry as much about um, weight when you're doing that. So you know, take whatever you want and take a bottle of gin and just go for it. <laughs> All right. So um, why the Kangaroo Island Wilderness Trail? Well, I am just – I've always had a real soft spot for Kangaroo Island. It's pretty amazing. Um, the Deep Creep Conservation Park, which is basically meets KI, um, was a little bit further further along is just one of the most beautiful places in the world, I think. Um, and I've always felt the same way about KI. Also, having travelled a bit, you realise how beautiful your home hometown is, and and the and the you know the national parks that we have around it. Um, coming back and doing, um, you know, coming back and wanting to do this trek is kind of. Um, yeah, because this area is so beautiful and it's where I'm from, so I feel very connected to this sort of um, this sort of country. And uh, what's been the best part of the trail so far? It's <sighs> a great question. Probably the mental health, <laughs> to be honest. <clears throat> it's just really nice to have time ha- alone, happy. I think. Um, yeah, with just such nice stimulation around you and just so many just reminders of our place and um 
you know, I think the main thing is just really, you know, you have to really respect your body. You have to really be aware of what's going on with your body. And, um, I think that's very good for our well-being to be connected to our bodies. Yeah, you feel quite at one to be a bit cliche, but you do. Yeah, and I think mental health is getting out on the trail and giving it, getting, having a chance to be alone with yourself and, and to think things through away from all the technology. M- mind you, I'm talking on technology at the moment, <laughs> but um, I think it's a, it's a very good reason for going, getting out and getting hiking. Um, what's been the biggest challenge so far on this trip for you? Um... Oh, mental health. <laughs> it's been the best thing and the worst thing. I mean, that's just the case in life, I think, generally. But, um, you know, no, honestly, it has been pretty easy, but um, it's been really easy, actually, from start to finish. It's been a dream. I mean, beautiful weather, um, just, you know, absolutely incredible scenery, just uh yeah, easy, easy trail underfoot. Didn't have to carry anything. It's yeah, it's been a laugh. It's just a holiday, really. It's just a little stroll and then uh, have a nap. All right. <laughs> now, me, the fact that you're not actually having to carry all your gear uh, and it's being dropped off for you at the end of each day. Has there been anything that you've brought which you just haven't used at all? Um. Well. <laughs> I did bring a trowel for the yep. trail yep. and I haven't used that. So I probably I'd probably just lose that next time to be honest unless I was going for a long distance. Sorry if that's too much information. Um No, we we're the same. We we always tend to bring a trowel and it's just sat sat parked where where it normally sits and hasn't been used. Yeah, you so. don't really want to use it, do you? Um especially if you're hiking with other people, I suppose. Um yeah, so no, that's pretty much the only thing that um has been totally totally superfluous but yeah otherwise yeah no i don't think i've brought all that much that's been useless <laughs> okay and now i know you notice you've been doing cooking quite elaborate sort of meals from a hiking perspective um um and you obviously look like you like cooking mm. um how's how's your your food estimation been have you, have you bought too much or not enough or the wrong sort of food yeah um well, yes, in the sense that with the total fire ban, what I did was I um, I was planning on doing a um, puttanesca and um, the and of course not having any, you know, not allowed to have any fires, so I wasn't able to heat the pasta. So what I tried was just soaking normal regular pasta in water for 12 hours and i can tell anybody who's listening that, that does not work it needs a bit of heat it needs heat it turns into a very strange thing actually um very strange very strange texture um very hard to describe a bit like play-doh sort of like play-doh yeah anyway not good didn't have that <laughs> So I had to ad lib, but um, yeah, I love the I love the food aspects of uh, bicycle camping or you know even just caravan parks on the tra- like I just love an excuse to get get out the Trangier. One of those, uh, it's one of those old 
sort of Swedish cook stoves um, that I picked up in an op shop for $6 when I was 18. That's a pretty good price for that. Yeah, it is. So I've been very – I just absolutely love getting it out. It's just a thrill and trying to make things on it um, – trying to make delicious things on it is uh, awesome. I love cooking anyway, so it's just, uh, you know, I'm pretty obsessed with camp hiking food blogs. And to be honest, it's one of the main reasons I want to do more hiking is because I want to do, you know, different recipes on the trail. So, yeah, I try and document that and, yeah, it's good fun. All right. And what would you say to uh, others who are thinking of doing the trail? Well, you know, if you're not sure... If you don't, you know, don't have the gear necessarily for a for carrying it all yourself, you know, the super lightweight stuff, um, give the KI Caravan Park a bell and organise to the pack transfer. And you know, as long as you got your wits about you and you know, take take your emergency supplies in your day pack, you'll be absolutely golden. I mean. I think that uh, almost anybody could do it. It's pretty easy, um, and uh, and it, it's a it's an amazing way to see remote places uh, without you know having to basically helicopter in. All right, thanks very much for that. So that was Heather. So thanks very much. No worries. Thanks. Good afternoon. It's Friday afternoon. It's the, um, uh, the 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 second last day of our Kangaroo Island Wilderness Trail Walk, and I've just uh, got Kelly, who we're hiking with, um, and we're just going to have a chat to Kelly about how she's found the experience uh, walking on the trail. So I'll get Kelly to introduce herself herself and tell you a bit about where she's from. Um, well, I'm 51 years old, haven't really hiked before, um, from Adelaide, um, don't really know what else to say. <laughs> That's right. And why did you end up deciding to do this trail? Um, I had seen it advertised a little bit, um, and it just looked really scenic and I've wanted to come to Kangaroo Island for a really long time and haven't really had an opportunity and it seemed like a really good almost excuse to to make the trip over um and i just heard some some good things about the trail all right uh and how have you found the trail as a as a a non-hiker how have you found this has been your first long distance hiking experience i've actually found it um i guess more achievable than i thought it might be so i i had some contingency plans um, prepared for probably not being able to do the full duration and what have you and maybe having to kind of pull out on day three or day four or something like that um, so I found it um, I found parts of it challenging um, but none of it to the degree that I thought it might be um, and certainly none of it where I thought I can't go on I can't go any further um, and to be honest, my, my main challenge has been a rookie mistake that I made in not um, sleeping on my sleeping mat at home for a night before bringing it over and having never used it before. And um, I've not been able to get a decent night's sleep because it's been really uncomfortable. That's, that's, a, that's a good way to learn the hard way. Uh-huh. Okay. So for you, what so far has been the best part of the trail? Um, there's a 
been a couple of standouts for me. Um, Remarkable Rocks was amazing. Um, I just thought that was beautiful. Um, we were lucky there weren't many people there, but I think if you went, you know, pretty early in the morning and had it to yourself, it would be even more special. Um, so definitely worth a little side trip. Um, seeing the seals, um, not, not the ones at Admiral's Arch, that was way too touristy for my liking, but, um, just as we were walking along and you could hear them down below when we were walking on the cliffs and, and, and see them, that was really special. Um, today, um, in coming into Hanson's Bay, um, beautiful, beautiful little beach and our timing was perfect because there was a, a fairly large pod of dolphins and a seal having a play in the shallows basically. All right. And what about what's been your biggest challenge of the trip? My biggest challenge, um, to be honest, it, not being able to get a decent night's sleep. So I've been really tired from that. Um, I think that's probably been been it really. All right, so you um, in, in in this trip you decided to go for you were carrying a day pack and you had your gear uh, dropped off each night. Mm-hmm. What was the reasoning for that? Um, because I've got a back injury and also arthritis, um, I wasn't sure I'd be able to carry that amount of weight f- that far and, and for as many days. Um, and having not even tried it before and not ever having done a multi-day hike or to be honest anything longer than about 10 kilometers before um i just thought that that would be the better option for me and i'm so glad that i did it all right and um as far as equipment's concerned is there anything that you didn't use or you wouldn't bring with you next time or uh, if you pretty much used what you've brought with you i think i've I I haven't used I I brought a heavier weight um Gore-Tex rain jacket which I haven't used but I would still probably bring it with me again cuz you just never know. Um otherwise I think I've used pretty much everything that I brought with me cuz I had some pretty good advice. All right. Uh and um how about how's your food gone as well as uh um, and yeah, have you ha- have you judged well on the food, or have you had too much, or not, not enough? Or? I probably oversnacked in terms of supplies for snacks because I do love my food, and I didn't want to go hungry <laughs> during the day, and I wasn't actually sure how hungry I would get from walking those sorts of distances. Um, so I do have um, a few snacks left over, um, but not a huge amount. All right, and I think you can probably hear in the background we've got a crow um, having a good uh, good talk in the background there. So, um, okay, and for those uh, uh, who are uh, thinking about doing this trail, what would, what advice would you like? Would you pass on to them? I would say give it a go. I mean, I'm I'm a novice clearly, um, but it was certainly achievable for for me. Um, I'm fit-ish. I wouldn't say I'm terribly fit. Um, so probably the main advice I would give would be um, if you don't think that you can carry a pack, definitely look at the support options because that's been really excellent and, um, you know, your gear's in a secure trailer that um, is um, fully enclosed with padlock on it, um, all of that sort of stuff. So it's it's secure and, and out of the weather as well and it's, it's generally there waiting for you at the campsite when you arrive. Um, 
I'd also say make sure you wear your shoes in because I've got some pretty big blisters on my toes. Um, I'd definitely say sleep on your sleeping mat if you've never used it before. Make sure you sleep on it on a hard surface for a night, for a whole night instead of two seconds on the floor of the shop like I did. <laughs> yeah, no, as said, yeah, you, you, you tend to learn the hard way on that one. It either works or it doesn't for you. Okay, well, thanks so much for your time, Kelly. Uh, and as, as everyone was probably aware, Kelly was uh, was travelling with us uh, as a friend of ours. So uh, it was. Uh, it's, this is a rarity for Jill and I to actually be travelling with with someone apart from each other. So uh, it's been enjoyable. So thanks yeah, very much. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay. So as mentioned, those last two interviews were with two hikers that had chosen to uh, undertake or take up the services of the. Uh, Western KI Caravan Park and have their full packs carried uh, to the next campsite. So from Kelly's perspective, uh, she didn't think she'd be able to take it up for uh, because of a foot injury and also because of arthritis. From Heather's perspective, while she'd done bikepacking in the past, she hadn't actually undertaken a multi-day hike. Uh, so rather than sort of launching straight into it, she just tried to, uh, she wanted to take up the option of doing the walk without carrying the heavy pack. Uh, and seeing how to go. Uh, and this this option uh, of having their packs delivered at the end of the day certainly gave them that opportunity. Yeah, and I must admit, when uh, we got to camp each day, they were looking a little bit fresher than we were. Uh, not that it was excessively um, difficult. Um, we'll talk about that in the, uh, the ne- next podcast. Um, interestingly, uh, we asked Kelly... You know, had she used everything? And even though the, you know, she probably had more things with her than we did, uh, she was really pleased that, uh, she hadn't overdone it with the packing. She had used, uh, everything that was in her pack. Um, we, we forgot to ask her if there was something that she would, would never leave home without now. And, uh, the answer to that question um, after the the trip was her work walking poles. So her um, poles were the things that helped her on the uneven ground and helped her get used to the the, the long days and the multi uh, the multi day hiking. So you know that's kind of a um, a bit of a uh, I think a good insight into someone who from someone who's learned some new things and uh, will now take that as part of their normal experience into the next set of hiking they do. Okay, that's all for this week's episode. We hope you've enjoyed this series of interviews on the Kangaroo Island Wilderness Trail, uh, recorded while we're on the trail. Uh, Next week's episode will be the final on the series of the Kangaroo Island Wilderness Trail, and this episode will be called Kangaroo Island Reality versus Expectations, where we look at what our original expectations of the trail were uh, and see how they compared once we'd actually done the trip. As part of this, we'll also do a full trip review uh, as far as recommendations as well. If you're listening to this podcast, the written write-up of this uh, this uh, walk is now up online. Um, and it'll have photos and images, which will help to give a bit more of a visual impact to what you've been hearing about. As always, this episode is available from to listen to, from our website through SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio and iTunes. And if you have the time, please go through and rate us on iTunes to help get the message out there. That's all for me. Bye for now.
and bye from me.